Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Gruden, Walgren, Bill Belichick were all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget. I'm Lee Gowland. I'm Brian Davis. And this is the 49er Fearful UK Show. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of the 49er Faithful UK Show. It's been a few weeks without a podcast, despite my best intentions of recording over in San Francisco. We found our efforts were kind of scuppered by this magical amber-coloured liquid. However we tried, however hard we tried, we always found that when we did try to record, it didn't come out very well. So we kind of knocked that on the head and lived in the moment while we were over there. So on today's show, I'm joined once again by Naji Kara, and we will be reviewing the last three weeks briefly, and then also previewing the game against the Falklands on Sunday. Hello, Naji. How are you doing, mate? Uh, hello, I'm doing good. Uh, very good, actually. How are you? I'm fine. I'm, I'm very fine. I'm a lot better than I was Monday. Let's put it this way. <laughs> Yeah, I'm there. Yeah, uh, all, all of the Edinburgh people uh, made me made me feel like I really missed out. You guys seemed like you had a lot of fun, and it was a good game. So it was fantastic. The the atmosphere was what made it. Well, the atmosphere and the shots. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's kind of why we were all pretty pooly the day after. Um, but at least we managed to uh, rope in a couple of uh, newlyweds from New Orleans, um, and we kept on buying them shots and looking at their Facebook posts on monday they were in pretty much the same shape as what we were as well yeah <laughs> that's good 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 vibes all around excellent yeah it was a really good meetup uh it's the best i've ever been to definitely as far as atmosphere is concerned um we were all on the same page and it was just excellent and obviously it helped with such a such a good game to watch as well yeah indeed yeah probably the best game of the year uh, in, in the nfl so uh that does help yeah yeah without a shadow of a doubt yeah. Right, so rather than looking at each individual game, as we won't have time on this show, so we'll, we'll briefly go over what's happened in the, the Green Bay Packers game, the Ravens game, the Saints game, um, have a look at what's been the positives over that three-week period, what the negatives were, and then we'll move into how do we think the, uh, the Falcons game's going to go. So, I mean, the last three weeks... These are three games which were historic in respect to the strength of schedule this late in the season. So there was a lot of expectation from outside the 49er bubble, um, i.e. people who aren't fans of the 49ers, these so-called experts. And then there was a completely different set of expectations from the likes of ourselves who watch the 49ers week in, week out. And to be honest, I'm quite happy to say we've got a better handle on how good the 49ers are rather than somebody who just watched the highlights or maybe he's watched a few games a season and they call themselves analysts and they get paid quite a bit of money to actually give their opinion. So I, I think some of the analysts, some of the things they've been saying, you, you watch it and you think, I can't believe you're getting paid money for this. You, you've obviously never seen a 49ers game all season. Some of the stuff that they're coming out with. So it was pleasing the way that we handle these three weeks. So obviously we went up against the Green Bay Packers. They were 10 and 2 at the time. 
then up against the Ravens, um, I think they were nine and two, Saints ten and two. So really, really hard uh, games. Uh, they were ten and two, yeah. Um, yeah. The Saints were ten and three at the time. Uh, ten and two, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, <clears throat> what positives can we take from the last three weeks? Well, to me, it's uh, the uh, the grief the offense has taken on a team. Like we, for for the first part of the season, uh, I think it's fair to say that our defense uh, won game for us. You know, the from the very first game against the Buccaneers and and the Steelers games and uh, all of these games were won by the defense. But I think those three games we've seen our offense take control of games. And, and putting the the team on 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 their back rather than relying on the stop or a big turnover or something, even though the defense has played really well, um, it's it's been more of a complete team and the, with the offense leading the charge. I think would you, would you would you say that's fair? Yeah, that's exactly how I see it. Um, the offense look as though they're going to be the stars of the show towards the end of the season, yeah. which is a complete reversal of the way the start of the season was when most people thought all we were was a defence and yep. they didn't realise we had an offence. There was a lot said about Jimmy over over the first eight weeks, really, about yep. um, how we couldn't really carry the team, how we couldn't be that game winner for us. Yep. So, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think the offence looked as though they really set up to have a fantastic end to the season. Yeah, I think it's a combination of, of a lot of things as well. I think, I think Jimmy is is playing better and better. It's getting more confident, more confident. But it's also, you know, the trade was massive for us. You know, the, uh, the arrival of Emmanuel Sanders has changed the offense massively. And then uh, George Kittle coming back uh, fully healthy has, has helped us quite a lot. So I think it's kind of like a lot of things is starting to click together. Um, something that we could have done at the beginning of the season, but just didn't quite happen. And then... Yeah, uh, oh, Jimmy's been absolutely amazing. He's been on fire recently. He has you, right? Yeah, especially against the Packers and the Saints, the two the two victories. Um, he's he's been playing really well. The, the game in in Baltimore was quite. It's hard to play on Jimmy because uh, conditions was pretty horrendous. It's quite hard to throw the ball in that condition. So, uh, but you know, yeah, I think I think that's that's the biggest positive to, for me. Um, over the last three, four weeks. Yeah, so you said the, the the right word there over the last three or four weeks. So as far as Jimmy's concerned, I'm going to go back even a game further to that mm-hmm. Cardinals game before the Packers. So Jimmy's really upped his game in the last four weeks. And we can now see him playing with a confidence he hasn't had since his first five games with us. He's no longer hesitant about making a run if he needs to. Mm-hmm. And he looks like he's no longer concerned about his knee injury. He, he's very confident. He's very happy in the way he's moving. You can see that there's no fear there anymore. It was always going to take him a, a while to get back into the swing of things. And I think he also has confidence in his receivers now. As you've already mentioned, the Sanders trade was huge. Debo is coming on week after week after week. And Kendrick Bourne, Kendrick Bourne, they're all worthy of the starting places. And... Kendrick Bourne, for me, he, he's been the surprise over the last three or four weeks, given the fact that he was one of the uh, culprits who used to drop the ball quite often. He's been absolutely excellent. 
Yeah, it's almost as if the Seahawks game uh, was kind of a wake-up call, wasn't it, for uh, for, for Kendrick Bourne and for all of, all of our offense, uh, you know, and all our receivers. Is since that day, and since all those drops, and we talked about it at length, um, they've been nothing but excellent, and uh, and and that's that's been amazing. Yeah, Kendrick Bourne and is starting to make a, a name for himself. So he's going touchdown after touchdown after touchdown, and reliably as well. You know, he's. Uh, yeah, it's it's all coming together at, at the right time as well, which is which is really good. Yep. So the, the start of that three week stretch, uh, Green Bay Packers at Levi's. I don't think any of us would have expected such a huge win. We, we all thought it was going to be reasonably comfortable, but not as comfortable as what it was. And to give Aaron Rodgers his statistically his worst game ever in the NFL that that says a lot about our defense who who basically set the tone for the game from the very first drive it was fantastic yeah yeah that game was uh, was over and done after the first series and as a defense that's what you strive for when you play defense and I've I've been playing defense for for 10 years uh, and it's it's something you try to achieve to put the game away as soon as possible like to make the team want to quit. Uh, they've had enough. They just want to go home because you're just too good and they know they can't do anything. And that's what exactly what happened uh, in that game. It reminded me of Super Bowl 49, was it? Uh, when Peyton Manning and the Seahawks played. Uh, and yeah. the game was all what, five minutes or something. And you could tell that, that was it. Um, yeah, that, that was pretty pretty impressive. Although I would say I, I, kind of, I wasn't expecting such a blowout. But I don't think Green Bay is as good as their record is showing. They've not beaten anybody really, apart from maybe the Vikings uh, once. Um, so, I mean, time will tell. But I don't, I don't think the Packers are as good as um, as their record show. I no, I don't think don't, they are either. I don't, I don't think they're worthy of the two seed. And I, 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 I would imagine, uh, and the Vikings would take that spot. Um, I think they've got a big game next week not this week next week yeah so that was the game i was at out in levi's oh yeah um it was the first time i've actually seen them win at levi's in my fourth attempt um so i was over the moon about that now i've got a quick tip so Mm -hmm. generally when we buy tickets to 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 go to levi's we, we always try and stick to the same area and because we like the seats it's a good view from the seats but to be honest i think within three or four minutes of the uh, the first quarter starting, both myself and David actually started walking up and down the concourse um, because the concourse overlooks the field. As mm-hmm. long as you don't go within the disabled area, which is taped off with their blue mm-hmm. tape on the bottom and stand back, you can just walk up and down that concourse and actually follow the line of scrimmage all the way up the field and all the way back down the field. And as long as you, you don't get in anybody's way, nobody moves you. So mm-hmm. the tip I would say is, buy the cheapest ticket possible and walk up and down the concourse because you get an absolutely cracking view and you can always be right on top of the player all the time. And to be honest, I mean, myself and David, we're not shy. (laughs) So we'll talk to anyone. The amount of friends we made walking up and down that concourse because you you were meeting different people all the time. And I think it was the added benefit of the fact that we were British. The British accent came straight out as soon as we started talking and everybody wanted to talk to us. It was such a friendly atmosphere. 
And, and like I said, the viewpoint was absolutely fantastic because we could move all the time and go to where we wanted to be. So it was right. that, that's the tip I would go give. Get the cheapest ticket possible and do that because it was fantastic doing that. Yeah, because you can buy you can buy standing tickets, which is just above the the uh, south entry, the big That's entry. That's correct. Where yeah, the, and the you can town, walk uh, all the uh, way around. And you can walk all the way around. When I went, uh, I, I mean, we were terrible. The tickets were really cheap. But I sat in the executive stuff on the other side, uh, behind. Uh, behind the, the away team uh, and that's pretty good too because the food over there is amazing <laughs> so if you, if you <laughs> yeah. can do that i was i think i was sat in a 325 section or something like that right, right bang in the middle uh, that's it's it's very very good seat padded seat as well and and everything it's it's pretty good <laughs> so yeah but I, I like your idea that's good walking around the stadium and just meeting a bunch of people all night and just uh, yeah that's that's a great idea i, I shall do that next time i'm over there so we actually ended up doing that at Stanford as well. So we were there for two Stanford games, um, the, the 122nd big game against Calabares, and the week after it was against Notre Dame. So we pretty much did exactly the same. We, ju we just hovered about the uh, the concourse. It was mainly the Notre Dame game. We, we were walking around the concourse. The Calabares game, we just happened to come down at half time um, because we wanted to go to the team store, check that out. And we ended up, it was about the 35-yard line. We were at the concourse. We stood just behind where the um, the disabled seats were. And what one of the guest services turned around and said, do you lads want to come down here and sit in these seats? They were padded seats. It was on the 35-yard line. Um, it was in the lower part of the ball, and nobody was sat there. So he says, you can come sit here. Nice. So Very nice. We, we kind of got lucky with that as well. That was a good game as well, wasn't it? It was a shootout, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I'm pretty sure I caught a bit of it, I remember. Yeah, it was a close game. Close game, that one. Yeah. So then we moved on to the second of these incredibly tough games, and we went over to Baltimore in horrendous weather. Mm. And even though we lost, I think the positive was we, we stood toe-to-toe -to -toe with arguably the best the AFC has to offer this year. And we only lost by a field goal. Yeah, I mean, this game was a bit... Um, everybody's calling it the, the Super Bowl preview, and um, I, I think it might be. I, I think I think it might be. Although although I'm, I'm not sure the Ravens uh, will be able to make a, a long push in, in the playoffs. I think they're picking a little bit too soon. They were too good too soon, I think. But, yeah, we hold we our ground. But... Um, Something we talked about as well in the past has shown again, and it's shown in all three games, is uh, our, the ability of our linebacker to cover behind them is is not as good as um, as their run support is, uh, and and we pay the price, and we pay the price against the Saints as well with the two Jared Cook touchdowns. But um, I, th I think that's something that's gonna that we're going to struggle and it's going to be one of our weak points uh, you know Mark Andrews has just kind of had his way with with uh, with Dre Greenlow and and uh, oh, I forgot his name now <laughs> Fred Warner and Fred Warner I guess that's him um, so I, I, f I think that's where the, the, the game was lost but Lamar Jackson is it's something he's he's absolutely one of a kind one in a lifetime kind of guy and 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 we went we went toe to toe with him which which is good for the future definitely it was a great game great game to watch yeah yeah without a shadow without um we we watched the the ravens rams game 
just off uh, Union Union Square in San Francisco. We couldn't believe that beatdown that the Ravens put on the Rams. And just watching Lamar, you, you think he's just so good. They keep mm-hmm. on saying he, he's a running back playing uh, quarterback. He, he's not going to shy out of a run towards you. He's actually going to lower a shoulder than slide into you because he wants those extra yards. And I think that's the biggest difference with Lamar Jackson. He does run yeah. like a running back rather than, than a quarterback. He does, but he also has the, the move there. You can ask Kwan Williams how he, thinks, how he feels about the Dukes because he, he lost a couple of ankles there on <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, on he that did. Play. Um, yeah, no, Lamar Jackson is something something special. He broke Michael Vick's record on on uh, yesterday, yesterday night. So, so you know that's that shows how much how good he is, um, and he's got still three games to go. So um, he's probably going to end up at 1600 yards rushing or something like that, which is ridiculous for for quarterback who do you think was helped most by the weather in that game um i would say it was them because their running game is so good and uh and and we still didn't have my breather back then uh even though most of it is clearly showing himself as as a worthy starter and as as a number one running back in this offense anyway he's clearly enjoying himself and thriving um, I think you know the one-two-three punch with Ingram, Gus Edward, and 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 Lamar Jackson is I think too much for anybody to handle, especially when it's wet and slippy, and and they've got all these uh, RPOs that they're doing extremely well. And then even when you read that, then they can pull the ball and and pass it to like great athletes like Mark Andrews or uh, Hollywood Brown, which are you know they've got everything, so yeah. I, I think it's helped them more than more than us. Um, so I would agree with that because, as you said, they've got they're more of a running team. Where as the season's gone on, you can see we we more we now a balanced team because we can throw through the air no problem at all, based on the last four games. Um, even the Ravens game, Jimmy was putting up some uh, really good numbers. He, he was doing well in that game. Um, so we now a more balanced team, and I think it's because we we were a run game at the start of the season that this has helped Jimmy towards the end of the season. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There's also the fact that everybody's talking about Lamar and and the run game, but their defense is nothing to shy as well. They're, they've got an extremely good defense, and they always had. They always have in in, in Baltimore. They, that's kind of the football they play, but. You know, they had Marcus Peters, which obviously knew what we were doing because he's already played us. And so, yeah, I mean, coming down to a field goal, you know, all we needed was uh, to make a stop on the last possession. We couldn't quite get it and they managed to run the clock out. And they, and they have the best kicker in the league as well, which is, you know, they're all, they're stuck at every position. It's quite, it's quite crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it should be interesting to see if it is a repeat of Super Bowl Forty Seven coming up against the Ravens, because uh, we we uh, owe them for that game. Yeah, we do. That's true. But I have a feeling the the Chiefs will have something to say about that. Well, as long as it's anybody but the Patriots, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> and obviously, I don't, I don't, as long as we there. Yeah, yeah. I don't think the Patriots are going to make it. I no, I don't either. I don't. I don't think so. But we'll see. So after that rather wet game in Baltimore, we moved on to New Orleans. The best game of the year, by far. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. We left uh, New Orleans with a narrow 48-46 victory over another 10-2 and team in the Saints. 
it was always going to be a tough game and I think the players stepped up to the challenge and performed like a team set up for a championship run. And I don't think we can put, we can downplay what a huge benefit it's been to be able to go and win on the road against a conference rival so late in the season. I think that'll have done the players' confidence the world of good. Yeah, and it's not a it's not an easy place to go and win. The Superdome is historically very advantageous for the Saints. Their their record in that stadium is ridiculously uh, lopsided. So that win is yes, the, the confidence and the the spirit of the team must be sky sky high this week and, and after the win, uh, especially in such a game. I think I think everybody uh, understood what. The ramification of the game was, but then having a shooter and winning against probably the shooter artist that Drew Brees is, uh, you know, you it yeah uh, it it puts you it, it puts you in a good mood for a long time, I would imagine. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Well, it put, it put us in a good mood for about twelve hours until I woke up, and then that good mood there <laughs> suddenly went. But yeah, yeah, put us all in a good mood. I think it was the way, especially on the last drive. It was the way that Jimmy was able to march down the field, obviously helped largely by Kittle in that 39-yard uh, run. That, that was just fantastic <laughs> to see two, two Saints players jumping on his back and he was still moving forward. You know, know. the guy is amazing. Oh, he's, he's, he's an absolute joy to watch. He's, he's, a, he's probably the best player in the NFL to, at the moment after Lamar Jackson. He's, he's just so fun and he's... He's such a nice guy as well. He's, he's, he's just out there having fun and making massive plays and demonstrating his powers. That play was... We're going to see this play on the highlight reels for a long time, I yeah. would imagine. Yeah. Um, but th- this game had the vibe of the, the divisional round, wasn't it? Um, I can't remember what year it was. 20, oh, 2012, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Felt exactly like it, except uh, obviously it wasn't a playoff game. But... You know, the last play to Vernon Davis and then the last play to George Kittle. It's just, it felt very, very similar and good vibes. Very, very good vibes. What a game. Yeah, it's surprising that Kittle isn't in the conversation for MVP. Uh, I think he, if, if a Titan wins ever MVP, I'll be, I'll be extremely surprised. Uh, MVP is a quarterbacks and that's about it really <laughs> yeah it's, like, a, it's a shame it is that way considering what a huge difference he does make to our offense and some of the players he, he's made have been unbelievable not not just the players but some of his blocks making yeah. players for others have been unbelievable yeah i think he has a chance to get offensive player of the year because that's kind of what they do they, they give it to somebody else that's not a quarterback if, or, or whatever so he should be in the conversation for, for most valuable players, for sure, because it shows when he wasn't there how the team struggled to do the things that we were good at. So uh, him him being back and playing the way he has. And, and he goes quiet at times, but he's not actually quiet. He's just uh, he's working in a shadow. And that's what I love about him. It's like he's working his butt off on every single play, blocking hard and feeling, blocking you know, safeties and linebackers and D line and he blocks anything and everything and uh, yeah, his it, his enthusiasm is contagious. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, it is. Uh, it's definitely something somebody you want on your team, not not against you, because um, yeah, he's, he's he's super good and he's he's super nice and he's he's putting one hundred and ten percent effort every time. So yeah. 
So of the three weeks, there'll have been some negatives. Um, I'm not going to I'm not going to focus on individual players or players because ev everybody makes mistakes every now and again. You, you can't be perfect all the time. But the major negative that's come out the last three weeks is injuries and more injuries. During this stretch, we've lost uh, Richburg and DJ Jones, who, who are out for the season. We lost Tart early on in that stretch with broken ribs, but hopefully he's near to making a comeback. Um, and we've also lost D Ford and Richard Sherman, who are potentially going to be missing until the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, it, seem, it seems to be piling up against uh, uh, K1 Williams is in the concussion protocol as well, so he might not be playing this week, which is a, a big loss. Um, yeah, it seems it seems to be happening to key players as well. Um, and, you know, if, if, as I said in a previous podcast, every team gets injuries at key position, but it, it seems to us that when somebody comes back, another one comes out and Losing DJ Jones is massive, I think. I think that's the biggest loss uh, that we have. Because Sherman, uh, Mosley will, will step in for Sherman. And Emmanuel Mosley has been playing really, really well. So um, I'm not too worried about it. Although death is, is, is an issue. Um, and uh, what's half oh, of the name of who's stepped in for Tart? Uh, Taylor? No. Oh, Marcel Harris. Harris. Harris, that's it. Master Harris has has done a good enough job to you you know not be taken out straight away. Uh, I th I think DJ Jones is one of those guys that in the middle um, we're going to miss quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think I think his contribution has been understated this season. Mm -hmm. um, I had the conversation with Andrew Hodgson while we were watching the the Saints game, and um, when he went down with that injury, we turned around and said that would be huge because he's been absolutely outstanding for us. And he's been one of the unsung heroes because everybody's concentrating on Borsa, Ford, Buckner, Armstead. Where for, for me, and Andrew was the same, DJ Jones has been excellent. Yeah, and I mean, it is made easy because people are focusing on other, but players still have to step up and make the plays. And, and the big fumble that Kamara lost uh, was DJ Jones who punched it out. So, you know, and that was a, that was a key moment in that game, that, that fumble and and the, the turnover. So, it, yeah, uh, but I will say, although it's been bad in injuries, we have had this year uh, a number of people that have stepped up, and uh, I, and I'm sure um, Garland is going to step up in a center and, and do his job, and and I'm sure everybody will 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 work extra hard to make sure that all these wins don't go in vain. So I, I have good faith. I think there's a good culture. And the, the, the next man kind of culture and like whoever's going to come in is going to want to work extra to make sure that whoever's out is, you know, not out for no reason, basically. So I, I have good faith. Yeah. Okay, so on to the Falcons game. Um, the head-to-head, obviously, for, for those that are new to actually following the 49ers, you may not realise this, but we used to be in the same division as the Falcons. The Falcons were moved out during one of the, the different um, restructuring of, of the divisions. Mm -hmm. So it's no surprise to anybody that's watched them for a while. The head-to-head -head is 47-31 and one tight game, with the 49ers leading out with the 47 wins. So after a run of three wins, starting with the NFC Championship game in 2013, 
We've actually lost the last matchup on the road to the Falcons back in 2016, and it wasn't a particularly close game. So the Falcons have the last win over us, but this game's going to be different. Um, the, the roles have been reversed somewhat, and we are looking like the offensive juggernaut that they potentially were back in 20, 2016. The Falcons' defence are statistically poor. They're ranked 21st overall and 24th in pass defence. So we could possibly see another huge game from Jimmy. The cornerbacks that uh, the Falcons got aren't great. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how Sanders, Bourne and Debo do against this Falcons' defence. Because the cornerbacks, it's, it's definitely set up for us to pass the ball on them rather than run. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. Although I would say the Falcons are not a team to slip on. Their season is over and they play for nothing but pride and possibly contract money for the, some of the players on there and make sure they have a job next year. So I, I, I do hope the team isn't um, underestimating them because uh, because my Ryan and Rolio Jones are still a threat to me. My Ryan is probably in my top five quarterbacks uh, in the league. This guy is very, very good. And he's still posting very, very good numbers. So I agree. I think I think we can take advantage of the secondary, but I don't think we should take this game uh, lightly uh, by by any means. Although I do see that Devondre Campbell, their best, their best linebacker, has been uh, out with an injury. So that would be uh, quite good for us if he wasn't. Uh, if he was out, um, but yeah, the, their injury report is quite, is quite, um, quite heavy as well. Uh, Holder Jones has been limited. Devonte Freeman uh, has been out. Uh, so Devondre Campbell and Adrian Claiborne have not practiced all the week yet. So we'll see. I think, I think it's one of those games that can be a trap game, you know, and you, they've. The Falcons have been playing pretty well. They've put 40 points on the already dead Panthers as well. But uh, it's, it's hard to gauge at this time of the year. You know, wounded, wounded animals, as they say, you know. Yeah, and let's not forget they beat the Saints early on in the yeah. season as well. Very true, very true. I think I think it could be a, could be a dangerous game. But that being said, um, every win now can just clinch the division. So... And I'm, and I'm sure the guys know that, uh, and I'm sure Kyle and and, uh, and John Lynch has been repeating this to these people, is that we need to win, because if Seattle slip up, the division's ours, and, uh, you know, it is possible that, that this happened. So, and we, we, you know, the, the objective here is to get a bye, and especially, especially with the injuries that we have, we need to get, I think, that bye. Yeah, you're right, it, we, we do need that bye. And hopefully that's what Shanahan's saying to them. We, we really need to win out here to ensure we do get that bye. Yeah. Well, considering we had the bye in week three, it's been, you know, we're at week 15, so these guys have been working for 14 weeks straight now. So I, th I think that would definitely help us. So I expect them to, to, to show up. And we're playing at home, so, you know, it, it's been clearly a good environment for us this year. I hope the fans will turn up and uh, make a lot of noise. Um, and and Jimmy can be uh, on point and pick apart this this bad secondary. So you mentioned next man up early on, and you actually pinpointed Garland taking over <laughs> from Richburg at centre. So he's got quite a task because he's going to be going up against Grady Jarrett, 
who this season is playing at an elite level. I think he's currently ranked at 83.9. So wow. he's, he's just touching the 90 there. So that's going to be a huge test for him. The rest of the defensive line, they've got a couple of good players in there. You've got McKinley, you've got Davison, um, Beasley Jr. is having a bit of a bit of a poor season. But just behind them, you mentioned Campbell. Campbell's not having a great season this year. I think he has been as the, the best linebacker for them uh, in previous seasons. But then you've got Dion Jones as well, who, yeah. who sits just behind Jarrett. And Dion Jones is having a cracking season. So, yeah, that's why I think we're going to be doing a lot more through the air than on the ground this week. I think we're going to be taking advantage of the two corners who are pretty poor. But obviously keeping the uh, defence honest by running as much as possible. But yeah, I can see Jimmy having another big game through the air. Yeah, me too. I actually had a question with you because because now that my breeder is back and obviously Mostert is, uh, is to me, the clear, the clear number one now because he's, he's the hot hand and he should be starting. Where does this leave Tevin Coleman? Because... When Breeder came down with with the injury, he had the chance to you know put a stamp and like take take the take the running back position for himself. And he he it's not been poor, but it's not been you know the Tevin Coleman we we expected to be. So do, do you think he's going to go number three and it's going to be Mustard Breeder and then Coleman? I think he is. I think they'll go yeah Mustard Breeder and Coleman in in that order. I think as Shanahan has said, Mustard earned earned the shot to go number one because of the last few games. And even though we shouldn't be taking them lightly, he'll be looking, right, we're coming up against the Falcons. They haven't been doing particularly well this season. Why don't we see how it goes with Mustard as number one, mm-hmm. Breeder coming in to backfill him, and then Tevin Coleman coming out on whichever players that Shanahan specifically has set up for Coleman. So, yeah, I can definitely see that happening. What it means for the next off-season, I'm not sure. Um, I think we only signed Mostert to another one-year contract when we re-signed him early on in the year. I'm not sure about that. I would need to check that. But it's going to make the off-season definitely interesting because what happens with McKinnon? Yeah, I mean, that's a very good question. It's definitely something we can look into when we get there because we gave a massive contract to McKinnon. So... Do we want to see what he's gonna to bring to the team? Do we? Obviously, uh, to me, if we could keep all four, that'd be great because injuries happen, and as we've seen all, all season, and uh, and uh, it'll be good to have backup. And you, you know, Tevin Coleman, I think he's at his best when he comes from the bench and he's he's running on a slightly tired defense. And I, I, I I'm expecting him to have a big game actually and to burst a big one because. Having three healthy running back and the guys are, you know, rotating so much they are pretty much ready for hundred uh, percent in the fourth and third, uh, end of the third fourth quarter. It's devastating for a defense, and I, I think it's a great strength. I, I, I hope we can keep them all four, but obviously, um, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So going up against the the Falcons offense. The O-line isn't, I, I'm not going to say they're terrible, they're not. They're, they're, I think they're bordering on average. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just below that. They've got Matthews, who's playing at a good level at left tackle, and obviously you can't rule out the centre, who's Alex Mack. 
although he isn't having as great a season, but he's got plenty of experience to slow down our pass rush. True. But then we've got an excellent pass rush. It's going to be interesting to see how Thomas uh, Solomon Thomas plays. Obviously, he's only been a, a bit part player this season, but when he has played, he's come up with some really good players. So if he gets an extended run in the team with DJ Jones being out, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how he performs. Yeah, yeah, I think... I think so. I think you know it's the next man up thing, but it's also Solomon Thomas is a is a third round pick, and he must be knowing that uh, third third overall. I'm sorry, so he must be knowing that his opportunities are going to go down and down if he carries on not playing at that level. So I think it's a good spot for him to to make a big splash and show that he is deserved of 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 maybe even becoming a starter in the future. Um, I do, I do, I do worry a little bit that we're playing the Falcons, where obviously Kyle has made his trade and the coaching staff hasn't changed that much over there, so they all know what's going on. They've played in that system, so are they going to be able to slow us down a little bit because they they know a bit more than uh, the other teams in the league? It's possible, um, but Kyle is a smart man. I'm sure he'll uh, he'll, he'll adjust for that, but. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if we can disrupt them enough and uh, put Matt Ryan under enough the rest to uh, to make some bad throws. Um, but, um, it should be an interesting game. Hopefully, we can make it like the Green Bay game. You know, close it out quickly, pull a lot of points, and rest uh, the players that need to be rested because we got a big, big game against the Rams the week after, and maybe even bigger after that against. Seattle, depending on what happens. Yeah, yeah. With any luck, it'll all be over before week seventeen, so we can just take it easy against Seattle. Maybe oh, even have that second bye week. That would be amazing. I would, I would love for us to go to Seattle and play, uh, play the B or C team, and just say, well, you can win. We don't care. We already got the division. That would be, that would, that would be excellent. I would love that. Yeah, I'd like to see us marching to Seattle with the third string team and win. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That would be even better. Yeah. Total order, but yeah, that would be that would be great. Okay, so score predictions for Sunday night. It's quite a quite a reasonably high over under. It's an over under of forty eight. Forty niners are eleven point favourites. So I'm going to let you go first. What do you think the score is going to be? I think it's going to be not as high as we think. I think both teams are going to take it easy in the third and fourth because the game would be pretty much done and nobody wants to get injured and, and all that. So I'm, I'm going to say uh, 28 to 13 or 14. Let's say 14. It's easier to remember. 28, 14. Right. So I'm going to go completely the opposite of you. <laughs> okay. Well, kind of. So I'm, I'm going for a big scoring game. Put a big scoring game on the 49 side only. And I think it'll be quite a quite a huge gap. I'm going 49ers 42, Falcons 15. Oh wow! Okay, wow, that would be yeah, quite a statement. I think I, mean, it will but... be, I think that's what Shanahan's trying to do for for the confidence of Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Get him into these statement games where he just goes out and he throws for fun, gets as much confidence in him as possible. Yeah, I mean to be fair, we have scored. Pretty much above twenty-eight points in, in in every game we've played, except the Baltimore game. So um, I think I'm playing it too safe. 
Yeah, I think I think yours might be might be better. Well, see, I'm normally accused of not playing it too safe. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I'm 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 happy with the forty-two fifteen. I'll take it. I'll take that. I'll take that any day. <laughs> yeah. Right. Thanks once again for joining me on the show, Naji. It's been a pleasure as always. And hopefully I can convince you to attend one of the meetups. Uh, yeah, I mean, if if any of the meetups is in, ever in Manchester, I could probably do it. Uh, anything away from home at the moment. It, this time of the year is no good for me. I'm extremely yeah. busy. And, and when I'm not, I try to spend time with my four-month-old daughter. So uh, going away all day uh, to Edinburgh is uh, is difficult. And, and Sundays are... Uh, you know, the, my season is starting. Uh, as some of you may know, I, I play for the Chester Romans. So uh, we've got our first, uh, our third rookie day and first training session on this Sunday. So going away for me is difficult because uh, got to go to practice. Yeah. So no fireball <laughs> Saturday night then. Oh no, God no! no, no. <laughs> uh, early night and uh, early night. <laughs> yeah. A bit of college Great. football and 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 to bed. <laughs> okay, so. Thank you to our listeners and also to everybody that managed to make it to Edinburgh. I'm sure we all enjoyed the night, but not so much the, the next morning. Our next meetup is the Super Bowl weekend in Newcastle on the 2nd of February. We'll be going to the Grosvenor Casino. It's where we attended this year and it was a good setup. Um, I think it was £8.95. We had our own table, waiter service, a burger and chips and a pint and a widescreen TV right in front of our table. So it was absolutely excellent. Oh, and you got, a free, you got a free bet as well. I don't think many people took on the free bet, but you did get that as part of the part of the package. So that was a good night. If you want to go, get yourself over to the event page on the Facebook page. Um, just register your, uh, your interest there. I think I did post that in the main group page, just so everybody knows. Because the way Facebook groups work, it's a bit strange. If, if you if you haven't got them on your friends list, you can't invite them directly. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's very strange setup. So yeah, just get yourself over to the event page, check it out yourself, and just register your interest. Okay, so please remember to like and subscribe, and also check out our YouTube channel, which can be found by searching for Forty Nine Faithful UK. Hopefully in the new year, I'll have the vlog up from the Thanksgiving trip for the Packers game. Um, I haven't really had a chance to look at the footage yet. There's a lot of it, I know that. Um, but I haven't had a chance to look at it, so I don't know I don't know how long the vlogs are going to be. Hopefully I'll keep them short, and then they're in manage manageable uh, chunks. So yeah, keep your eye open for those. <laughs> right, until the game day thread. Go Niners. deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep heart. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick were all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget.